Hello and welcome to the HR Edit, Southeast Employers' brand new podcast taking a look at those common and often tricky HR questions. The podcast is free to listen to. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and on our website at www.seemp.co.uk forward slash the HR Edit, which is also where members will find any related resources mentioned in our episodes. This podcast is not just for HR experts, though it can be a useful refresher. We have created it with managers in mind as well to help them navigate through some of the complexities of people management and reduce some of the potential pitfalls. With me today, we have our favourite HR expert and Employment and People Insight Manager at SCE, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hiya. And SCE's Business Development Manager, Sarah. Hiya, Sarah. Hi, Helen. Yes, thank you. We are talking about the modification order and continuous service, which are two of our most queried things or topics. Um, We get a lot of hits on our website for this and we get a lot of people from all over the country actually asking us how it affects them, um, what it means for their contracts. And we do send these directly to our HR guru, who is Michelle. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Sarah. Right, let's jump in with our first question. Um, Michelle, what is a modification order? So the modification order is actually uh, derived from the redundancy payments, continuity of employment and local government, etc. modification order of 1999. It essentially makes any employer listed in Schedule 1 or Schedule 2 of the order um, an associated employer. This directly affects continuous service for those employees who are being made redundant from one of the bodies on the order, uh, but it also affects some contractual entitlements as well. So who's covered by the modification order then, Michelle, and does it relate specifically to sort of local government and public sector? So the fundamental principle is that if an employer carries out business that at one point would have been delivered by a local authority, it's probably a modification order employer. So all councils, and that includes parish and town councils all the way up to unitaries and counties, schools and academies, universities that were originally polytechnics and police support staff are all included in that modification order. People who are uniformed police officers who work for central government, so the civil service and water board authorities are not covered though. They have their own continuous service arrangements. Thanks Michelle. So that's modification order. What about continuous service? Can you um, explain what that is for us? So continuous service is actually defined in the Employment Rights Act of 1996. And there it states that a week of service is a week, specifically Sunday to Saturday, in which a person is engaged to work, whether or not they are actually undertaking work during that week. So as long as they're engaged under a contract of employment, that is considered to be a working week. This is why quite often councils tend to record the last day of service as the Sunday rather than the Friday, which would be their last working day. It simply means that because they are under contract on that Sunday, that week, Sunday to Saturday, they have been engaged to work and therefore the employee can take some time off between ending one role and taking up the next without breaking their service. So an example of this, let's say Charlie resigns from Council A to take a job at Council B. Their last working day is Friday the 31st of March 2023. 
but Council A records Charlie's last day of service as Sunday the 2nd of April. This means that Charlie will have been working for Council A during the week of Sunday the 2nd to Saturday the 8th of April, and provided Charlie's contract with Council B starts no later than Saturday the 15th of April, Charlie will not have a break in continuous service for redundancy and other contractual rights. So does that mean then, Michelle, that they can only have a week break? Yeah, it's a week Sunday to Saturday. So in actual fact, the individual can take nearly two weeks off of work between ending employment at one organisation and starting at the other, provided let's say Council A, uh, provided they record the last day of service as the Sunday, ultimately the first day of service with Council B could actually be Friday the 14th of April. So having nearly two weeks off. Right. Okay. So anything sort of more than two weeks then will count as a, con- as a break in continuous service for redundancy reasons, for holiday reasons, for anything else? Absolutely, yes. So Michelle then, On our website and on lots of other things I've seen, modification order and continuous service is often bracketed together. It's often, it's almost like fish and chips, you say it in the same sentence. So what is the actual difference then between the modification order and continuous service? Very good question. Um, The modification order is simply the piece of legislation that sets out that any organisation listed on the modification order is an associated employer. That then has the direct impact on continuous service and the continuous service is more about the contractual entitlements that the individual has uh, when moving from one associated employer to another. Ah, So if an employee is made redundant, how does the modification order affect that? Firstly, all continuous service with modification order bodies must be used to calculate whether a redundancy payment is due to an employee. The employee must have two years service before they are entitled to receive a redundancy payment. The amount of redundancy pay is also dependent on their length of continuous service. And that also must be calculated based on their modification order service length. However, the bigger impact is potentially at the point of dismissal. The order provides that where an employee is under notice of redundancy, receives a job offer from another modification order employer before their last day of service and takes up that job within four weeks, and that's again that Sunday to Saturday period, the dismissal effectively disappears. The employee has effectively been redeployed to an associated employer. Continuous service has been preserved and no redundancy payment is due. However, If the offer isn't made until after the last day of service or the new role does not start until after four weeks, and again, that's the Sunday to Saturday, then the redundancy dismissal remains in place. The redundancy payment remains due, but continuous service is broken and the clock starts counting from zero again. Let's look back at Charlie. Instead of resigning, they're being made redundant on the 31st of March 2023 by Council A and 31st of March will be their last day of service as well. If Charlie receives a job offer from Council B on or before the 31st of March, and the contract starts on or before the 29th of April, the redundancy will disappear. 
If Charlie waits until the 1st of May to start working for Council B, the redundancy dismissal will still stand. Charlie can keep the redundancy, but will no longer have any continuous service. If Charlie doesn't receive the job offer from Council B until after the 31st of March 2023, then it doesn't matter when Charlie starts with the council. The redundancy dismissal stands and the receipt of the redundancy payment means continuity is broken. That's that's really interesting. Thank you, Michelle. Definitely, we need to consider here then when we're talking about continuous service is all those kind of dates, isn't it? It's all that um, detail, really, in when people are finishing and when they're starting a new contract. Absolutely. And it's one of those things whenever you're talking about continuous service, you have to have your calendar out in front of you and you have to know which is a Sunday, which is a Saturday so that you can start moving through and work out exactly when when you are starting and, and you know losing that continuity. Mm, there's certainly a lot of nuance there as well. It's, it, I'm not surprised now that one of our most popular queries is about continuous service, especially from, from people all over the country that we get, don't we? I mean, just this week, we've had a couple from all over the country where they put it in Google, we've popped up as the first result, and they're, they're literally asking, I finished on this date, I'm starting on this date, what does that mean for my continuous service? It's not an easy topic at all. No, but I, that, I'm, and this, this is fantastic. This is fantastic that you're breaking it down for us and explaining it sort of bit by bit, I think this is going to be really useful. Yeah, absolutely, Sarah. I think this is going to be really helpful as a reminder or a refresher or to just get a basic overview. So following on from that, what other contractual rights does the modification order affect? Okay, so councils are either National Joint Committee for Local Government Services or Green Book terms and conditions, or there are local terms and conditions that closely align to the Green Book. And in the Green Book, it states that previous modification order service will be taken into account when determining entitlements to annual leave, occupational sick pay provisions and occupational maternity provisions. So you may have someone who is not entitled to statutory maternity pay because they don't have enough service with you, but will be entitled to occupational maternity pay because of their modification order continued service. Notice I didn't mention the other family friendly leave and pay schemes. That's because the Green Book hasn't been updated since those other family-friendly leave entitlements were introduced. Many councils have local contractual arrangements or collective agreements in place that recognise modification order services for these schemes too, but they're not part of that national agreement. So it is very much a local decision as to whether that's something that you in your council want to do. So when you're talking about other family friendly leave, Michelle, are you talking about the sort of um, split maternity, paternity or? Yeah, so paternity leave, uh, parental leave, adoption leave and shared parental leave are the other family friendly uh, policies that would normally be associated or linked to um, that maternity provision. Um, And those aren't contained within the Green Book, although there is mention to the fact that uh, there should uh, councils should create a local adoption policy that closely aligns to the maternity provisions in one of the circulars, uh, but that never actually made it into the green book itself. If somebody's organisation that is not listed under the modification order, is there a way they can get listed? Absolutely, it's not a guarantee. But the process, the modification order is actually owned by the Ministry for Leveling Up Housing and Communities. So there is an email address which we will put on our website uh, where you can email in and request that your employer be added to the the, the modification order. 
Um, as I say, it is not an easy process. It's not straightforward, um, but you know, it is there uh, should an employer wish to, to go down that route. Thank you, Michelle. That's brilliant. And if you are looking for that email address to have your employer added to the modification order, it will be available on our website um, on the page for the podcast, which is www.seemp.co.uk forward slash the HR edit. And Michelle, if people would like more information about modification orders, where should they go? So if you go to our website uh, and along the top, click on the services menu, Go down to resources uh, and on the resources page, there will be a box specifically labeled modification order. Uh, And that will have all the information that we've talked about here today, plus some extra bits and pieces and some more explanations. Thank you, Michelle, for that brief but very insightful look at continuous service and modification orders. If you are a member of SCE and would like some advice regarding modification orders and continuous service, please email us at advice at seemp.co.uk. And we have a whole host of information, resources and various details about the services SCE offers available on our website at www.seemp.co.uk. Thank you for joining us. As I said, the HR edit will be available on the SEE website at www.seemp.co.uk forward slash the HR edit on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we hope to have you back for our next episode. Thank you very much and we'll see you then.